In our society, we striving from a message from God. God's messages transcend age, gender, socio-economic status, ethnicities, religious persuasions, political affiliations, and cultural restrictions that encourage and inspire people to become saved, delivered, and set free from the bond of sin, as well as, gain a closer relationship with God. This is God's Inputs for You with Evangelist, Dr. Sharon Westbrooks. On the Resilient Christian Radio Network. Thank you for joining me for this broadcast. I appreciate each of you for tuning in. The focus of this broadcast keeps coming up in a surprising number of conversations these days. And the conversations are so intriguing and intense that I had to do my research. Oh, I suppose you want to know what I'm talking about, right? I'm talking about the decline in church attendance and membership within the United States. Few people will argue that church attendance in many churches in America is declining. And the majority of churches in our country are not growing. I was reading an article this week and it expressed that as Christians in America prepare to celebrate Christmas, the percentage of Americans who express they are Christians that belong to a church to a church and attend church regularly is at an all-time low. While tens of millions of Americans still attend church weekly, the practice is declining greatly. In many congregations in the United States, new faces in the pews is becoming rare and even committed church attenders are attending church less often. A study from um, exponential by Lifeway research was performed to understand the church core context of growth as well as to obtain a set of objectives measures on churches reproduction and multiplication behaviors and they find that six in ten churches are plateaued or declining in attendance and more than half saw fewer than ten people become new Christians in the past 12 months also, most churches, approximately 57%, have fewer than 100 adults attending services each Sunday. 21% of churches average fewer than 50 adults. Only around 1 in 10 churches average 250 or more adults for their worship services on Sunday. And guess what? Only 2% have over 1,000 adults attending services on Sundays. A recent Gallup poll denotes that U.S. church membership is falling greatly. It was 70% or higher from, the, from 1937 through 1976. It fell modestly to an average of 63% in the 1970s through the 1990s. And over the past 20 years, it has seen an, excel, an acceleration in the drop-off from 43% in 2004 to 36% today. As you can see, more than half of the attendance change occurred since the start of the current decade. Additionally, three in five, which is approximately 60% of pastors convey their church faced a decline in worship attendance or growth of 5% or less in the last three years. And for every new church that opens, foreclosed. Furthermore, the Gallup poll statistics on church attendance denotes that less than 20% of Americans report they attend church, and the percentage of people who have not attended a church function at least all in the past six months has surged in the last decade from one-third to nearly two-fifths of all Americans. Interesting to note. The increase is even greater for millennials and Generation Xers. For nearly 60% of Generation Xers and millennials who grew up going to church express they have not been to church in the last six months or have stopped going to church altogether. Beyond a dip in attendance numbers, the nature of church going is changing. 
regular attenders used to be people who went to church every weekend or even several times a week. Now, people who attend church once a month or show up once every four to six weeks considers themselves regular churchgoers. Of course, church attendance and membership is not is never the ultimate goal, but the decline in attendance and membership is a sign of something deeper that every church leader and members is going to have to wrestle with over the next few years. Because quite frankly, the decline in church attendance in the United States and church membership in the United States is not going away. In fact, it's accelerating. It is a, affecting almost every church, regardless of size, denomination, or even location. Most of us have our own ideas why church attendance is declining. Some people on my job believe that our nation is shifting away from its Christian roots, and a smaller portion of our country believes in Christ, hence the decline in church attendance and membership. I read an article by Tim Carney, author of Alienated America, that expressed being part of a house of worship is no longer necessary for a growing number of religious Americans because American life is becoming so deinstitutionalized. De he further expressed Americans are less likely to belong to anything and church attendance is simply following this downward trend. Robert Putman, a Harvard University political scientist, has a similar take on the decline in church attendance and membership as Tim Carney. He expressed, while the acceleration of the trend may par partially be rooted in the increased politicalization of religion, it is likely much less about religion and spirituality and much more about a general disengagement with organized social activities because the data on the decline in church membership shares almost exactly the same pattern of decline as the engagement in secular, civil, and or social activities, such as bowling leagues, rotary clubs, book clubs, gardening clubs, and etc. I will not argue with either of those assumptions because in America, Historically, the organization most people belong to has been the church, and now more and more people are losing that. For that reason, I too believe that the massive cultural shifts in our nation is a major contributing factor to the decline in church attendance. But I also believe that there are other reasons for the decline, some with a greater impact than others. The previously mentioned information and statistics are quite alarming to me, particularly since Christian church attendance is growing rapidly in countries and continents where other religions reign as the majority and or Christian church attendance experience, attendees experience severe persecution. Continents like Eastern Asia, Western Africa, and the Arabian Peninsula, where countries like Nepal, Nigeria, China, the United Arab Emirates, Saudi Arabia, Qatar, Oman, Yemen, Mongolia, Cambodia, Bahrain, and many more are projecting Christianity to double in less than 10 years. And the people in those countries are persecuted for being Christians. <laughs> so what should we do in America where we have the freedom to attend church every Sunday or as much as we want without fear of being put in jail or beaten or killed. What should we do, America, about the decline in church attendance and membership? Carrie Newoff, a famous blogger, speaker, and founder of Carrie Newoff Communications, expressed the first key to addressing what's happening is to understand what's happening. I agree with that wholeheartedly, but pastors, church leaders, church members, is this an epidemic that is just a natural evolution of spirituality? How do we in America overcome the increasing decline in church attendance and exodus of church memberships? Well, I'm so glad you want to know.
because during this broadcast, I will discuss the principal reasons many pastors believe is causing the rapid decline in church attendance and church membership, as well as some of their recommendations to overcome the said reasons for the decline. Then I will provide my input respectively. The title of this broadcast is Overcoming the Decline in Church Attendance and Membership in America from a Pastor's Perspective. The first key to addressing what's happening is to understand what's happening. I already said that's what Carrie Newoff expressed. So why are even committed attenders attending less often? Well, I did research because in researching for this broadcast, I wanted to know what pastors have to say about the decline in church attendance and membership. They're the head and leaders of the churches. For that reason, I performed both a qualitative and quantitative research into the matter by sending and receiving over 5,000 surveys to pastors from various Christian religious denominations locations in America, church sizes, educational levels, genders, ages, and ethnicities. And I must convey the responses and statistics I received varied from thoughts on technology, generational differences, the relevancy of the church in modern society, in addition to the numerical numerical comparison and statistical influence inferences and so much more I'm telling you it was just awesome to me to to uh, see the responses so let's go over some of the statistics and major answers from pastors a great deal of pastors expressed that American churches today now this is the this is the top reasons that these the pastors that um, I surveyed and, and received back uh, expressed that American churches today are competing against other activities or distractions. The biggest of being, guess what, <laughs> children's sports and or other extracurricular activities followed by leisure travel. Yes. Pastors overwhelmingly cited children's sports and children other activities such as dance, gymnastics, cheerleading, skating, and etc. are a major contributor factor to the decline in church attendance because a growing number of children are playing sports and activities and a growing number of children are playing on sports teams or participating in activities that travel or Schedule practices on the weekend, including Sunday morning, at the very same time that many churches have worship service or provide religious education, such as Sunday school. Consequently, parents are choosing to skip church to participate in their children's sports and other activities. Thus, reducing their church attendance from approximately 45 to 52 Sundays a year to only attending approximately 19 to 26 Sundays a year. It's as simple as that. Additionally, weekend leisure travel is on the rise. More and more families of various ages travel for leisure throughout the year, even if it is just out of town to a friend's house for the weekend or a weekend at the beach or just a little weekend getaway to bond as a family or rest after a long work week. Consequently, when people are out of town, they tend not to be in church or return in time to attend their local church Sunday church service. In my survey, pastors expressed they asked the distracted people if something upset them at their church because they didn't know what was going on. And the majority of the responses were, no, I love my church. My family and I just got busy, started missing here and there because we wanted to be with the children and, and support their activities. And then, well, you know, it was just easier not to go. Or, no, nothing happened. 
we're just busy with the family stuff or the grandchildren stuff or the niece and nephew stuff. But we watch online sometimes. Or I really don't have a good reason for no longer attending church. I just got lazy because I was watching my children's uh, sport activities on Sundays and it just became so much easier to stay home. My family and I will start back real soon. I believe these people allow the devil to trick them into becoming distracted by these seemingly good things. They believe being engaged, involved actively in their children's lives or trying to get some family time or rest and relaxation to preclude burnout is better than taking little Akeem or little Destiny or little Johnny or little Susie to church. See, when we allow the devil to get us so engaged with, quote, good things, unquote, that cause us not to attend church, those, quote, good things, unquote, soon turn into distractions. Then over time, our lifestyle of attending church becomes the habit of not attending church at all. For when it comes to church, extended absences lead to distance and distance leads to disconnection. For I believe one of the reasons for worshiping weekly at church is not attendance. It is participation actively in the body of Christ. The tension of Christianity is not nor ever was designed to be an independent endeavor. Remember, it is not good for man to be alone. God created us to be in relationship with him and each other. He made us on purpose with the purpose. Let me move on. I got caught up there because it's not my time really to comment. I'm supposed to do my comments at the end. Let's go on. Now, the number one solution pastors provided to overcome the involvement or the distractions, uh, you know, children's activities, leisure, travel issues is to offer alternate service times to accommodate members with children who are involved highly in athletics or have some other Sunday morning commitments. Additionally, many churches are increasing their social media and streaming presence so that families who travel leisurely on the weekend can stream or view their church online. Yes, I said it. The pastors are altering church service times and streaming their services to accommodate healthy church members, not the healthy church members altering their schedules to attend church in person. What in the world? Oh, well, when I get to convey my comments, I'm sure I'm going to address this church altering for healthy people who choose to do something else other than attend church shenanigans. Let me move on. Now, listen, the remaining responses are not in any particular order because the statistical margins were too close uh, to differentiate one over the other, really. So uh, I'm just going to just give them. Another reason pastors expressed is contributing greatly to the decline in church attendance is that people have way too many options, such as technology options, church options, travel options, options for their children, and etc. Pastors expressed generations ago, the church in your community or neighborhood was a social and cultural hub in the local community, as well as a missional hub. And people used to attend the church that they grew up in or a church near their home. In addition to faith reasons, people loved going to church because it was one of a handful of options available in a community, as well as the main way, other than personal devotions, people connected with God. However, now we live in a culture that is drowning in options with 24-7 access to anything Christian, as well as any type of church service one would like. Consequently, people will drive long distances, short distances, or no distance at all every Sunday in an ongoing quest to find the, quote, biggest, unquote, or the fastest growing, or the coolest, or the shortest church service, or many choose not to even attend a church in a building, but view church from any location of their choosing online. Several pastors compare choosing a church to a dating app, 
One pastor conveyed many of their former members expressed why settle for one church when you have hundreds of other options at your fingertips or around the corner. Variety is the spice of life. Another pastor wrote, people have the option of attending church in a movie theater or watching church on television or online. The options are there. People have free access to any online ministry of any church that is streaming from the comfort of their home, at the beach, or in the park. Another pastor expressed he watched people join churches by the droves that have three to five services already because the said churches have a Starbucks or a coffee shop or a sports ministry or a mega church attendance or a rock band on stage production performances. Wow. Look at the church. Well, the number one solution pastor submitted to the church option problem is for churches to be passionate about the purpose God has for their church. Don't try to compete with other ones. Every church has a specific purpose in their community. No church should try to be like a mega church or attempt to have the best copy in the city to keep your members or attract new members by putting on large productions weekly. Just strive to be the church that God can use for his purposes. Several of them expressed in Matthew 16 and 18, uh, Christ expressed, On this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Christ is building his church, and pastors must partner with God to build the church that God wants them to build. For when we build on someone else's or secular principles, we get what someone else builds or what man can build, which is a visionless or secular church that will not last or God is not pleased with. However, if pastors build according to Christ's principles, they get what God can build, a church that the gates of hell will not prevail against. Next, pastors expressed another reason for church, for the decline in church attendance and membership is people go to church looking to grow closer to God and to learn more about him, but are having difficulty in doing so in church. Now that's terrible, isn't it? One pastor expressed that a couple that attends the church he pastors told him that they tried to go back to their former church when their children were young, only to give up in frustration after a year. The reason? They could not understand anything their former pastor taught. The wife said it was like he was speaking a foreign language. He, he, uh, the husband, uh, the pastor further expressed that he, he too has listened to a sermon for 45 minutes only to walk out the door unclear tremendously about what was just said. And he also admits to giving one of those messages trying to be clever. It's amazing to me that people can go to church seeking to learn something about God only to find themselves not understanding anything they heard in the sermon. Following are the top six solutions that pastors provided for the issue of people who experience difficulties growing closer to God and learning more about him in church. Okay, I'm going to share the number one solution pastors provided is clarity. Very simple. Preach sermons that are clear, well organized, well delivered, easy to understand, and preached in everyday language, not in church speak or in a meandering way. If the listeners have to work to follow you, communication suffers. That is why sermons must be clear, coherent, and delivered well. Worth mentioning, I'm conveying these next five solutions in no particular order because the statistical margins were so very close in number. Uh, pastors expressed pastors must ensure sermons are biblically based. The sermon may contain other sources of material such as an illustration, but the message must flow from the scriptures because God's word is the most important part of the sermon, not a joke or an analogy or a cute story. Next, pastors should ensure sermons are gospel driven because being biblical is not enough. Every sermon must proclaim the gospel to connect hearers to the all-important message of the Bible, which is what God did through Jesus Christ. Next, 
um, pastors uh, expressed that pastors should ensure sermons are life changing. Never leave a message in the realm of the theoretical, theological, or eccentric. Ensure the message is relevant, not some generic or universal in character message that does not relate God's word to our everyday actual lives, because that is boring, irrelevant, and gives the impression that God does not really care about what's going on in the world and in the lives of his people. Um, Next, they said pastors must ensure sermons are spirit empowered. Lives are not transformed by the skills, personality, or sincerity of the preacher because hearing the gospel and understanding the word is not enough. The hearer must experience and have a change of heart. People are to be doers of the word, not merely hearers who delude themselves. The power comes from the Holy Spirit to proclaim the gospel that transforms hearers into God's likeness. It is the Holy Spirit that enables hearers to live their lives as God's people. Additionally, the sermon should connect hearers to the all-important message of the Bible, which is what God did through Christ. Lastly, pastors express sermons must be balanced in technique. A sermon should neither be all biblical teaching, lecture, nor all illustrative storytelling, entertainment, nor all application, legalism, but a healthy balance of all three. Next, pastors expressed another reason for the decline in church attendance and membership is the church is all about money and churches always misallocate its money. Pastors lump those two together, so I did too. Um, The pastors expressed significantly that, yes, the church does need money to operate and that will not change. However, no church charges its attendees or members to attend. Attendance is free. Church attendees can experience, enjoy and benefit from all that the church offers for no charge at all. And that is a rare uh, uh, thing for people these days to be able to go and reap benefits without a charge. Pastors additionally expressed that they may talk about money, but it is an invitation to give, not a mandate. You do not have to give anything in reality, uh, and many members don't give. Additionally, pastors conveyed church is not really all about money. Pastors generally just inform their attendees of what the Bible conveys about giving. If the church has a godly vision, they are certain God will provide funding to fulfill that vision. Pastors uh, express that church attendees and members complain that to them that they are told constantly to tithe, give 10% of their incomes to the church, and give an offering, but they do not know where the money actually goes. Church members and attendees often question, why should thousands of their hard-earned dollars go towards a mortgage on a multi-million dollar building that is not being utilized to serve the community or to pay for another celebratory bouncy council when that same money could provide food, clean water, and shelter for someone in need. Consequently, church attendees and members want painstaking transparency. That's what they said. So many of them said they want painstaking transparency particularly the millennials more than any other generation because they do not trust institutions and they have witnessed over and over how corrupt and self-serving many institutions can be and they include churches in the quote institution of an untrustworthiness unquote church members want to see on the church homepage or someplace open to all uh, a document where they can track every dollar of their church. Pastors provided the following solutions to the church is all about money and misallocation of said money's issues. Number one, be transparent. Go out of your way to make all financial records readily accessible to earn members and attendees trust so they will give with confidence. 
Number two, create an environment of frugality, meaning the church should aim to get maximum value out of their money by only spending money on things that are important to the church members, not on things that are not important. And challenge church staff to think about the opportunity cost. For example, how could these dollars be used to better serve the kingdom? Move to a zero-based budgeting system where departments within the church do not receive a specific allocation of money every year without any justification, but make church departments justify each funding request or purchase and or expenditure. Next, ensure the pastor asks God what he wants the church to do with its money and do that. Next, make giving about God, not the pastor or anyone else. And lastly, pastors should tell their members to tell God what they think about giving to the church. Then listen to what God has to say and give from their heart. Okay, the last uh, but certainly not least um, reason that pastors uh, express for the decline in church attendance and membership is the public's perception of the church. Specifically, churches cannot see past their buildings. Pastors expressed it is time to focus on changing the public perception of the church within the community. The neighbors, the city, and the people around church buildings should be thankful that the congregation is part of their neighborhood. The church should be serving their community. Unfortunately, the coffee bar, the cushy benches, the high-tech lights, the illustrious children's wing, and the cool teen center are all top-notch and costly. In fact, most of the church's time, money, and energy appears to be about luring people to where the church is instead of reaching people where they are. Pastors express further that former members let them know that rather than simply stepping out into the neighborhoods around them and partnering with amazing things already happening and the beautiful stuff God is already doing, churches seem content to franchise out their particular brand of Jesus and wait for the sinful world to beat down the doors. Former attendees believe the church's greatest mission field is just a few miles or a few feet from the church, and churches do not realize it. The desire to reach people is mission. Churches need to leave the building. Wow, isn't that something? That's what pastors are hearing from their former members. Pastors express too many churches are desperate to win people with just about everything except the gospel, the Bible, and a covenant commitment to the body of Christ. Furthermore, the problem with winning people with flash productions and amusement is that the moment it all stops, so does the attendance. As a result, thousands of church leaders must continue the show weekly and a frantic effort to keep their sheep from leaving by layering on more and more creative yet extra biblical ideas. For some churches, it's professional worship bands and a slick coffee shop and or bookstore. For other churches, it is a new creative director and expensive landscaping. However, whatever it is, it does not take long for biblical Christians to realize the little of it has to do with the Bible. If they are then, you know, the investigative type, they might even notice these additions are suspiciously similar to the type of marketing seen in corporations. And their Sunday mega service feels oddly like conference or evangelistic outreach. The solution pastors give is it's time to focus on changing the public perception of the church within the community. Churches need to desperately call local government, schools, and the city to ask what their needs are, as well as knocking on doors 
asking everyone around the church how the church can make their world better. Find ways to connect with neighbors within the community. Make the church's presence known and felt at city events because when the public opinion shows a third of millennials are anti-church, the church is failing to be the aroma of Christ. Now, the previously mentioned reasons that pastors provided for the decline in church attendance and membership are very good. But now it's my turn to provide input from a church attendee and looking at the various um, statistical data that I have. Because I understand several thousand churches close each year. The pace will accelerate unless our congregations make some dramatic changes. It's so tempting to blame secular culture, national politics, or church leaders for the declining evangelistical influence in today's culture. However, if outside forces and culture were the reasons behind declining in non-influential churches, we would have likely no churches today. Listen, the greatest Periods of church growth, particularly in the first century, took place in adversarial cultures. We are not hindered by external forces. And to me, the number one reason for the decline in church attendance in America is we are hindered by our own sense of entitlement and our lack of value and commitment. And lastly, our lack of evangelistic urgency. Hear me well. Pastors, church leaders, church members, for many churches, the choice is simple, change or die. Certainly, from a biblical perspective, I understand the bride of Christ will be victorious. I understand, as, as the pastor said in Matthew 16 and 18, the gates of hell will not prevail against her. But that does not mean individual congregations won't die. Stay with me now. I know a great deal of people and organizations study the phenomenon of the decline in the church attendance and membership or as some convey the church back door, which is the metaphorical way some describe people leaving the church. These studies, including my own, find that a major contributing factor to the exodus of church attendance and membership is a result of a sense of some need not being filled. In other words, members have ideas of what a local congregation should provide for them. And they leave because the church is not meeting those provisions or expectations for them. Now, I recognize there are many legitimate claims by church members of unfulfilled expectations. It can be the fault of the local congregation or the leaders or a combination of both. Nonetheless, many times, probably more than we would like to believe, a church member leaves a local body because he or she has a sense of entitlement. Let me provide you the definition psychologists provide for a sense of entitlement. Psychologists define a sense of entitlement as an unrealistic, unmerited, or inappropriate expectation of favorable living conditions and favorable treatment at the hands of others. Yes, I believe truly that the number one reason people leave a church is because they have an entitlement mentality rather than a servant mentality. Unfortunately, this entitlement mindset is planted firmly in the minds of so many in our churches and worse yet, seeded into our relationship with God. I don't have the time during this broadcast to address how the many pastors and ministers and ministry leaders feel the pressure to keep up with the entitlement demand during this broadcast. But I plan to address this entitlement issue in a further broadcast. This entitlement mentality leads uh, so many church members to believe that God or the church owes them something that he or she is in some way entitled to get what they want or else they're leaving. Listen to some of the direct quotes given to pastors from exit interviews of people who left their local congregations. 
the worship leader refused to listen to me about the songs and music I wanted. Next, the pastor did not feed me. Next, no one from my church visited me. I was not about to support the building program they wanted. I was out two weeks and no one called me. They moved the times of the worship service and it messed up my schedule. I told my pastor to go visit my cousin and he never did. Please hear me clearly. I believe church members should expect some level of ministry and concern. But for a myriad of reasons beyond the scope of this broadcast, we have turned church membership into an entitlement mentality group of people. The solution to stopping the decline or closing the back door, at least a major part of the solution, is to move members from an entitlement mentality to a servant mentality. Of course, it's easy for me to talk about it, but it's a greater challenge to affect it because America is becoming a self-serving group of people who only want to please their self. However, I believe truly we must change the entitlement membership mentality by reminding members that church membership is not about perks and privileges, but serving and sacrifice. These entitlement members need to get an understanding of what the biblical basis of church membership is all about. They need to stop just focusing inwardly on themselves, but on how they can further the kingdom of God. Make no mistake about it. The biblical basis of church membership is clear in scripture. The Apostle Paul even uses the member metaphor to describe what every believer should be like in a local congregation in 1 Corinthians 12, 12 31. Paul describes church members not by what they should receive in a local church, but by the ministry they should give. The next reason I believe the decline in church attendance is because church is becoming less and less meaningful or valuable to people. In a nutshell, people lack the value of church. Hence, their commitment diminishes. Listen, our values influence and or dictate the choices we make and determine the direction that our lives take. For that reason, when people do not value the church, they're not willing to be committed, dedicated, or obligated to their church. For when members become committed truly, our churches will become an unstoppable force for the kingdom of God. When church members are committed, they will attend church frequently. And if frequency in attendance changes, then attendance will respond accordingly. For example, if 200 members attend church every week, then the average attendance is obviously 200. But if one half of those members miss only one out of four weeks, the attendance drops to 175 is the average. Did you catch that? No members left the church. Everyone is still relatively active in church. But attendance declined over 12% because half the members changed their attendance behavior slightly. Many changed their attendance patterns because they are not committed. They believe it is all right to take Akeem, Johnny, Destiny, and Susie to their soccer practice or cheerleading competition or a family getaway once or twice a month on a Sunday. This phenomenon can take place rather quickly in an individual church and leaders in the church are often left scratching their heads because the behavioral change is so slight and almost imperceptible. Sometimes we don't think anything about it or notice when someone who attends four times a month begins to attend only three times a month. Nor do we typically catch it when the twice a month attendee becomes a once a month attendee. Now, I do have five possible approaches to the problem. Uh, of course, the heart of the problem is not declining numbers, but commitment. As I expressed previously, as membership becomes less meaningful, commitment naturally wanes. While I don't want to suggest there is some like magical uh, solution to the problem, um, I do want to offer some 
approaches to address it. And from my research, these five approaches seem to be the most helpful in hundreds of churches. Um, they're not in any order, but so I'm just going to say them. raise the expectation of membership. You may be surprised how many church members don't really think it's important to be an active part of the church because no one has ever told them differently. They do not understand that someone may be depending on them to show up in church. <laughs> just like if your eye left your body, it would be difficult for you to see. Uh, uh, next, have a new members class for new members. I think that's important because by doing so, the church makes a statement that membership is meaningful. The class should also be used to state the expectations of what a committed member looks like. Encourage ministry, uh, church involvement. Many members become less frequent attendees because they have no ministry, no church role or anything. I have to move on because I'm almost out of time and i got to get through these things. Uh, offer more options for worship. Uh, times uh, during the week. I'm not saying on Sunday. Our culture is now a 24-7 population. Some members have to work during the times of worship services. If possible, give church members options uh, during the week and stuff. One pastor expressed that many businesses and professional people may be able to make it to Bible study at 6 p.m. and people with children do not want to attend Bible study at 7 p.m. So they offer two Bible studies during the week. And and you, if you need to have multiple services on church, church do that um monitor attendance of each member and try the traditional sunday school approach by calling absentees let them know that you miss them and that you care about them now the last reason i believe for the decline in church attendance is lack of evangelistic urgency as described in the book of acts nothing could stop the early church from sharing the good news of the gospel christians were beaten ostracized slandered and even murdered for their refusal to stop proclaiming the death and resurrection of jesus christ the new testament emphasizes evangelism to reach the lost with the news that nor it is their salvation and any other you know for there is no other name under heaven given among men by which we must be saved and Acts 4 and 12. Yet sadly, according to new studies, only 20% of American adults feel they have a personal responsibility to share their faith with others. Additionally, when researchers singled out church attendees, they found that only one quarter of them believe they are called to pr promote the gospel. Despite the Bible making it clear that we are to go, everybody is to go into the world and proclaim the gospel to the whole creation. Look at Mark 16 and 15. Therefore, we the church of both the local community of believers and the overall collection of Christians in America must revitalize our evangelistic urgency. Revitalization is necessary in nearly two thirds of American churches. For some that might mean an evangelistic boost. Others need a complete turnaround to do this. I believe churches, both the local community of believers and the overall collection of Christians individually must remember our purpose. Many of the people in our churches have lost the biblical understanding of what it means to be part of the body of Christ. Church members need to be reminded that God placed us in church to pray for and love one another, to proclaim and teach God's word and to take the gospel to our neighbors in the nation. Next, we must become houses of prayer. Stated simply, we are doing too much in our own power. Our churches are often busy doing things, but we are not doing the business of God. Revitalized churches have a desperate and powerful dependence on God. I'm going to do a Bible broadcast on a church that God can use. Next, we must see seeing the church as a place of comfort and stability in the midst of a rapid change. Certainly, God's truth is unchanging. We do not find comfort and stability in that reality, but our church and churches may need to change methods of approaches to better meet the needs of those you are trying to reach. You know, um, have programs that that um, will will help people, you know, programs uh, um, that will do for people in the community. And we must learn to be uncomfortable in the world if we are to make a difference. We have to make changes. Next, we must emphasize evangelism and discipleship. We have been given the great commission to make disciples and build God's kingdom. To fulfill God's mission, Christians must go out into the community, love their neighbors, and reach the lost with the gospel.
Um, next, we must focus externally rather than internally. Uh, pastors hit on this uh, in their things, but churches need uh, to revitalize and uh, usually spiritually uh, um they're they're because they're spiritually absorbed they are more concerned with programs for members and reaching the lost in their community thriving churches focus on providing ministry to those outside the church and creating bridges for sharing the gospel i recommend surveying the church community including demographics research as well as a survey of spiritual and physical needs then look for ways your church can become a more effective ministry force in your community too many churches are dying but i am optimistic about the church's in our nation. I am optimistic about this time we're living in. Over the course of my life, I saw God deliver a number of churches from the throes of death to become thriving churches. Make no mistake about it. There is no silver bullet solution, but revitalization will look differently for each individual church. Just go into your community and find out. Uh, dying churches have a real possibility of turning things around. Our hope lies in Jesus Christ and being the church he has called us to be joining in his mission of reconciliation and reconciling the world to him when a church moves from poor health to good health it changes the community it changes lives it changes the world it changes the sphere of their influence oh my god my time is out but I do not want to end this broadcast without sharing with you that John 3 and 16 conveys for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Additionally, Romans 10, 9 through 10 conveys that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth, the Lord Jesus and shall believe in thine heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. If you believe sincerely, Romans 10, 9-10, I ask you to pray this brief prayer of salvation with me. Gracious God, our Father, I acknowledge that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, that he died for my sins, and you, God, raised Jesus from the dead. I ask you to create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me so that I might serve you. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed the previous prayer with me, you are saved, meaning you are a child of God, a new creation. All of your previous sins are forgiven. For that reason, please read your Bible and pray every day. Join a church that teaches the word of God. Get involved in that church. Well, I appreciate you listening to this broadcast. You may follow me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, RCR Network. Please become a network partner um, with RCR Network. What I say unto one... I say unto all, watch and pray. Live holy every day. Remember, much prayer, much power. Little prayer, little power. No prayer, no power. I love you. God bless you. Make wise choices. Thank you for listening to God's Inputs for You with Evangelist, Dr. Sharon Westbrook. Tune in next time with Dr. Westbrook about God's Word for Your Life. God's Inputs for You is copyrighted by Dr. Sharon Westbrook's Ministries and the Resilient Christian Radio Network.